0: This is the 6th guest episode of the Creative Genesis podcast and we've named it 6th AD. Check it out. You are listening to the Creative Genesis podcast by Winfluence Media, the show that speaks to professionals in the creative field and entrepreneurs, asking them how they got started so that you too can begin your own journey. If you're looking to step up your journey as a creative or entrepreneur, then you are in the right place so stay tuned and follow the Creative Genesis podcast the stepping stone to your success
1: I think for all of us two, two things one is believing in ourselves that's that, that's so key mm-hmm. never being afraid to learn something new mm-hmm. this is something that will always take us forward I think mm-hmm. you know because the moment you stop learning you stagnate and you're dead
0: Mm. Hello and
1: welcome. You are tuned into the Creative Genesis
0: podcast with your host, Ryan Lobo. Today I interview the brilliant and methodical documentary filmmaker, Gaspar D'Souza. In fact, he's the one who inspired me to get into the filmmaking field. He shares his roots, his journey and his method to his success as a documentary filmmaker and editor. Watch this episode if you are interested to become a documentary filmmaker and also want to understand the method which documentary filmmakers use in their vision and in their editing process. Before we get into this cerebral conversation with Gasper, a short word from our sponsor. Check it out. Content is everything these days and with the rise of real content, businesses now more than ever need to start employing high converting content For their businesses. Listen to this quote Without marketing, there will be no sales. And without sales, there will be no money. Without money, there will be no business. Marketing is the name of the game. Are you a business based in Goa? Well, if you are, then we are the marketing partner for all of your requirements. From shooting real content, to setting up your very own podcast, to shooting and editing professional face to camera content for your business we have the most professional setup for your video production requirements. If you need content on a monthly basis, we are the agency for you. Contact us at videoproductiongoa at gmail.com or WhatsApp us on 7083 to get to know us better. You can even watch our presentation video on winfluencemedia.in. That's W-I-N-F-L-U. E-N-C-E-M-E-D-I-A dot I-N. Winfluence Media, Media That Wins. Now let's get back into the show. We have Gaspar D'Souza in conversation. So let's dive right into it. So Gaspar, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time. And in fact, uh, I mentioned this on my first podcast also. After I came back from the Gulf uh, and being a completion engineer, you were, the one, you were the first person I met who was into video production, documentary filmmaking. <laughs> and that really inspired me. You remember the first time I came I to I over didn't. to your yeah, house and yeah. Matthew introduced yeah. us. So it's really great to have you here. I mean, you are my someone pleasure, yeah. that I kind of look up to when it comes to this field. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's re- I really love your work. Mm, not really. <laughs> so um, I always start off with this question. Suppose I had never known you or suppose my audience had never known you.
1: Gasper. who are you? Who am I? <laughs> Isn't that like a deep question to yeah. start yeah, with? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can answer <laughs> Who am I? Like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, that's one of my big uh, things these days, these last several years, actually, is who am I? But I think in your context, who am I? I don't know. I like to call myself a fluid storyteller, I guess. Okay. Because um, I've never had a, a very fixed uh, role. Okay. Like in terms of work, right? Uh, that's the question I'm guessing, yeah. right? Who am I? Uh, so yeah, it's 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 been several things. Uh, been writing and editing, so filmmaking, photography, and then interior design also. And <laughs> interior <laughs> yeah. So so it's it's di- I think it's difficult to nail what I do. In fact, that's exactly what I say on my website. I consider myself. I think that's what I would say. I am. I'm a rolling stone.
0: You're a Rolling Stone. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah. I know because uh, you have done so many things.
0: Like, for example, you helped uh, Matthew design the the store as the well. Store, I'm like, yeah. wow, I never <laughs> knew Casper does this. I you didn't know? know it either. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it either. So, uh, yeah, I, I love that, you know, you're always learning, you're always evolving and uh, uh, I love your inspirations. like, this article which you wrote was very interesting where you said that uh, editing a movie or editing a film is like is like stitching and sewing you know so things like that just just point to i
1: didn't just say that because i actually started stitching yeah, i, I, I mean i i stitched uh, uh, kurtas for myself i stitched uh, a skirt for my sister uh-huh. Uh, skirt and a blouse. Of course, she's a nun, so she can wear whatever. Uh, it didn't matter how sh- how well it fitted her, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I, I actually did it.
0: So why do you say if, uh, editing is like uh, be, being a tailor?
1: I mean, historically speaking, if you go back in time, uh, the first editors, film editors, were actually seamstresses. Really? Females. Yeah. Okay. So... They they literally had seamstresses uh, coming on in the post-production. And uh, because it was a matter of like you cut, you stitch, uh, you stick uh, film together. Mm. And so they made the best uh, editors. Yeah? Yeah. Is it simply for the technical skill of cutting? I, because but I guess at that time it was—I uh, mean, it was a wholly technical. They didn't really have much of a clue as to where this thing is going and mm. how this genre is how, how filmmaking itself is moving. Mm. Uh, so it was it that was purely what it was. But having said that, it's not that uh, I I still find today. Um, uh, it does I, it does have a lot of similarity if you look at it i mean you take a cloth you s- cut it mm-hmm. you're cutting it into different pieces mm-hmm. and then you're stitching it together mm. okay and that's how anything that we wear comes about yeah right uh, a little bit off even a millimeter that's what i found when i was stitching mm-hmm. uh, something is a little tight here and, and doesn't really work mm. it's exactly the same with uh, editing mm-hmm. you you have to cut at the right frame, or it's something's off. People may not be able to say what is off, but oh, it's it's that it's that uh, it's precise, is it? It's that precise, yeah. I mean, Walter Merck, one of my uh, men. He's not directly my mentor, but that's what I would call because Your i inspiration. got a stack of books of oh, okay. h- f- from him, and uh, he's one of those guys who will st- always tell you. I mean, uh, if he cannot cut at the same frame. Mm. He will play the play the cut, and if he, if it does not, if his finger does not hit the cut mm. at that same frame, he knows something's off, and he mm. repeatedly does that, and and every single time, he will get the cut at that frame. Wow. And then he knows that that is working.
0: Wow, that's so intense. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I know a friend of mine who studied editing, like in a university, and he said that, you know, his. Uh, his teacher would ask him, "Why did you cut at the thirty-second frame? Why couldn't you cut at the thirty-third frame? Like you know, it's that precise. Yes, it's yeah. that precise, yeah. you know." Yeah. And I, and I always wondered, like, why does it have to be so precise? Because it's a matter of fractions of seconds.
1: Yeah, right. But it makes a big difference in film. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, it, it's 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 too similar, I feel, for in terms of s- sewing and, I mean, you're literally sewing the film together. Beautiful,
0: beautiful, yeah. So, uh, in the whole scheme of things, what would you say is your niche?
1: Like, what do you specialize in right now? Uh, the broad area would be documentary. I would think documentary yeah. filmmaking, because I don't, uh, I don't consider myself uh, expert enough in, say, corporate stuff. Corporate stuff, okay. Like particularly uh, the new media type when you say corporate stuff what do you mean Um, say stuff for social media okay it's something that I've not really got into Mm. I mean I've I've done work but it's not my short form editing Uh, short form uh, I mean I have done short form edits of documentary okay like say uh, three three minute five minute documentary Mm. but it's 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 still in that genre of documentary see what I like to do is I like to look at Rushes, yeah, and then make sense out of it. Mm. Uh, if if it is very linear, or very staged, uh, mm. you know, which which a lot of corporate work is, then I'm not. Uh, okay, I can get it done. That's obviously. like a, just a simple yeah. production. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you ask me, what is my niche? It's it's like I would call myself a documentary uh, filmmaker or the editor.
0: Yeah, that's what I would do. You know so as I was growing up, I think I was really t- influenced a lot by documentary films because they talk about real life. Yes. You know, it's not, it's not a fictional tale. It's like real life. And how, how do you take a bunch of footage, which we call rushes, and make a congruent
1: story out of it? That yeah. See, this is, this is one of the, uh, I mean, for anybody who is getting into, uh, from your audience, uh, into editing, that I would think is the key skill. Mm. You know, to be able to look at this, this mountain of rushes, okay, some of them are random clips, yeah, because uh, filmmakers may not really know what they're doing whilst they're out on the set, Um, but trying to find a story from that, that's Mm. your skill.
0: (laughs) So I was part of uh, a documentary filmmaking workshop for a year, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, video volunteers, yes, yes, yes. so we had, yeah, they're brilliant people. So we are shooting this documentary on the rise of unnecessary C-sections. And it's the story of my wife. Yeah, yeah. My wife's story, yeah. basically. And we had shot like five, six interviews and a lot of content. I think we had like 20 hours of footage and we were supposed to condense it to a 15-minute film. Uh-huh. And I had shot uh, a video when we went on holiday to Shillong to like a Irish lady who had done a PhD on this subject. Uh-huh. So we had so much content and, you know, um, our instructor, Mark Ostrich, was our instructor. He's an American filmmaker. So he spoke about the paper edit.
1: Yes. You know, so mm.
0: I actually uh, I actually transcribed everything, cut them into papers, and then tried to arrange them. <laughs> but because it was, mm. my, my rushes were like 20 hours long, I just got completely like sidetracked, like overwhelmed, mm. you know. Have you gone through things like that where there is
1: so much content it is it's is very easy to to get overwhelmed uh, I mean one of the first documentaries full length documentaries that I did when you say uh, full length how long is that uh, this uh, so, so this is uh, the short would I would consider anything under 30 is a uh, short yeah okay. um for f- festivals of course they say up to 45 minutes mm-hmm. is short mm-hmm. and then feature length would be 1 hour okay uh, or above 45 becomes mana. Mm-hmm. So, in that in that field, I mean, I I had uh, this good friend of mine, Vince, who came with like, I think it was 60 or 80 hours of footage, wow, which he did over three years. Okay, and uh, then you had to make sense out of it because there wasn't a structured story right. whilst he was on field. Uh-huh. So it it had to be th- the story had to be literally found in post. So now, how do you do it? So wait, you're saying that while shooting, he didn't know what the story would be. See, uh, because it's it's a it's a long term project, right? Okay. It's it's not like a short thing where you do it for a week mm. or something. It 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 he literally shot over three years, mm-hmm. three seasons mm-hmm. of harvesting and stuff. It was on rice. Oh okay. Um. So at that time, I guess you'd and also, I mean, you you really don't know where the story is going. Right at that stage uh and in in his case i mean uh that's what he is like i mean he likes to go out and just document stuff mm-hmm. which is a great thing but then once you've done that you've got to come back and you've got to uh, figure how do you tell the story now mm-hmm. and this is not not just that i mean i've seen this in several of the works that i've done now um in fact a hard drive is now on its way from the northeast uh, on sound, and the same thing. I mean, it's it's just a collection of uh, clips, okay, um, and interviews. Okay, uh, they don't really have a story. Hmm. Uh, we need to find the story here. So but now, how like do you do that? There uh, is like a broad subject. This is the subject in this case is sound, in, in the case of Vince, it is rice cultivation. Wow! Right, that's it. But then there are there are themes that emerge when you talk to people, mm-hmm. when you talk to people. So sometimes what happens is, um, what I've found is that when they when when the uh, stuff comes onto the table, yep. and I'm looking at it, um, maybe there are certain um, holes in the narrative. Mm-hmm. In which case, sometimes it's it's possible to go and get it shot. Mm-hmm. The other times you that that's a skill of the editor to now. If there is a hole, how do you patch it up? Okay, mm. um, it's not always the case because there are some. F- uh, f- I mean, there is a lot of documentaries, in fact, which are shot uh, with a with a pre script in mind, mm. right? I mean, you go and you shoot, you know exactly what you want and what's yes. the story you want to yes. tell and yeah. everything. Um, so I've worked with both kinds of uh, mm. these things, but but yes, I mean, when you say, um, do you get overwhelmed? Uh, no. Because I have a nice system, I think, in place right oh, now, yeah? and I use cards. Again, if you uh, follow Waldemar, that's exactly what he w- he does. Okay. So he has this big board mm-hmm. in the room, okay, uh, and he has these posted cards. Mm-hmm. So you just write whatever you uh, the themes that may be coming up, or things like that, or scenes, or whatever. Just put them up on these cards. And then I put them on the wall. Hmm. So once they're on the wall, what happens is now you're not looking at the rushes. So you're not overwhelmed with that because mm. that's that's actually the thing. Yeah. Now it's out here so I can easily keep moving yeah. things around and stuff. Yeah. And then things start falling in place. Yeah. So once they fall in place, then what is I do is it, I...
0: D- is it kind of like a paper edit? Uh, it is or a paper edit in, ad- in paper that ed- sense. It is yeah. a paper edit, but, but with more with broader with, uh, ideas.
1: With, uh, so, so there are two ways of looking at a paper edit. One is before you go into the field, right? Uh, a pre-script, mm-hmm. and then when you come back from this from the shoot, you 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 do a quick paper edit. Mm. But this is a little bit more in depth. Like you're going one step further. Now you've seen all the rushes. You know what is there, and then you're doing these these it notes on the wall. Mm. I mean, people are now using things like uh, I don't know, you would know better, but like uh, Mira Note and Miller Note and all these things in the the apps. Basically, mm. I, I I'm not uh, I, I'm not too comfortable with that because yeah. I think there is some charm in having it a, a tactile note, yes, which you can then move yeah. because the brain I think once you're away from the computer because that's where you're editing, so you're now in another environment and that's where the brain starts working differently. Mm. So you're giving your brain your cha- that chance I think by doing it physically.
0: Mm.
1: Interesting. So on in my documentary
0: after reviewing like 20 hours of footage what I realized is as you said there's a hole in the in the narrative. Hmm. So at that time we actually had the freedom to go and shoot something hmm. because I realized we needed a conclusion for this film. So we actually shot a sting operation <laughs> On this doctor. And uh, that happened after, you know, during the post-production. So it was a very, like, uh, spur of the moment kind Mm -hmm. of thing. But it worked, thankfully. And Stalin, Stalin K., such a brilliant, uh, he's the reason that film came together. Because uh, he had the actual patience to come and sit with us and analyze it and say, okay, why not this? Why not that? Mm -hmm. Or maybe this could be better. You know, I learned so much from his feedback. And uh, I think one of the skills he has is because he works with people who basically know nothing. He works in villages, right? Yes. He was able to sit with us and have the patience and have the, like, I think the he didn't get upset with us because we had shot so much. You know what I mean?
1: Because I was getting upset. Like, oh my gosh, what did I do? No, I mean, uh, I know Stalin and the way he is, I don't think he'll get upset with yeah, anything. He's, he's, he's very zen in that sense. Yeah, he's amazing. So, yeah.
0: I give him a lot of credit for bringing yeah. that together, you know. Um, but how did you start? Like, how did this whole, how did you come to this stage? Like, <laughs> tell us, like, from your young days to now, like, what's your journey? Been? So, I'm a
1: chemistry graduate. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how I started <laughs> uh, what's the re- what's the relation with chemistry and uh, what I'm doing now I don't know it's uh, but actually I still love organic chemistry and that I feel is a lot of storytelling because how chemicals come together mm. organic chemicals yeah. um, well of course I'm not going to put something mash them together unnecessarily that's what I did and I mm-hmm. that I mean I think after I left college it's the last thing I did so, you did like a BSc in chemistry? In chemistry, yeah. Okay. I majored in chemistry. Mm. Single major, that too. <laughs> I don't know how. Anyway, uh, <laughs> which is why my kids don't go to school anymore. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> they are homeschooled okay. all the way. Uh, because, yeah, I don't know, life just took me. I uh, We came down to... I was in... That was uh, in Bombay, Yeah, Xavier's.
0: Oh, that was in Bombay? Yeah. I didn't know that. So,
1: I, I was... Uh, I finished my college in Bombay, in Xavier's College. So, you... From Goa, you went to Bombay? No, no, no. I was born and brought up there. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Wow. I finished my school and then college. Okay. And then it so happened that we had this uh, decision to make whether to continue to stay in Bombay or come to Goa. Your parents. Because my parents had, uh, my father had retired and then there was this option. So, Hmm. I don't know. Somehow I just went for it. We came down. And um, I started with a small job. With the D'Souza group, in fact. and Those uh, are the real estate guys. Real estate, yeah. uh, where we did the Heritage Festival, yes, actually. Yeah. yeah. So that was my first. I already ah, told well Ralph, he was my first uh, uh, employer in Goa. But then I, I, I joined Tech because I had to continue my um, computers education. Mm. So I, I had done a three year software engineering course oh. diploma. That's a long time. That's yeah, a long course yeah, yeah yeah exactly so from chemistry I, I went on to that and was that a full time course uh no not a full time but a, uh, three t- three or four times a week i think it was Okay, yeah. so you had time yeah yeah so i used to work and then right get there panjim did that and um, long story short i did a lot of uh, software work uh, really? Database development, okay. software programming. I did an ERP system for one uh, wow. pen manufacturing company, <laughs> Link Pens. Oh. Uh, you yeah, might yeah, have heard. Yeah, of no of it. yeah. So I did a, an actual ERP system for their. Uh, they, they had, I think, at that time. Oh, so Boa. what's an ERP? Uh, enterprise resource management. Okay. So like, how do you manage resources? Mm. Like you know your stocks and everything. Okay. Like production to the final pens. Mm. You need you. There's a system in place. Right. So you get SAP and mm-hmm. like big time systems, but then not everybody affords that, right? Mm-hmm. So there are other uh, smaller units which need these type of things. So mm-hmm. that's what I did. I, I created that and stuff. Mm, but then I chanced upon this thing where times needed. Uh, in fact, they didn't even need it. I just went and said, I didn't like your website. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> and it was pathetic at that okay. time. There was no no Goan newspaper which had a good website. Okay. And this was in 2000. And webs- websites were really big at that time. I went and I spoke to the editor and I told him. And uh, since then, he's been a good friend of mine. Wow. Uh, he said, if, if you don't like our website, why don't you do something about it? Hmm. I said, okay. And I think a week later, I... Came up with a plan, and then they hired me. Wow. And a month later, we had a completely new website. And it was the first dot .com for a newspaper in Goa. None of them had it before.
0: So, before dot .com, what was
1: it? No, they didn't have... They, there was something called Goa.com. Okay. Uh, there was a... let's like a... Direct. Aggregation. Yeah, yeah. directory. Uh, so, Navin Times was on that. Oh. Like, it was goacom.com slash... Navin or something like that. Ah. So no newspaper had a website.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Wow. So that's when I started. But having said that, I mean, I was very interested in software and websites and everything. But then I started saying, this is the content that's going on the website. This is the stuff that's happening on Ah. the website. I love that.
0: Okay, so you started... uh,
1: Then I started shooting. I started doing uh, photography for Navin. Wow. Uh, like a photojournalist. Yeah. And did you like, l- did you already know photography or you had to learn? <laughs> no, okay. I, didn't, I didn't know anything. Okay. I still don't know anything. <laughs> my daughter was just born at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, no, actually my wife was pregnant. Okay. And I got my first digital camera. Yeah. Like a proper digital it camera. It wasn't a film a camera. A Kodak. No. Yeah. No, I I was unfortunately I wasn't in the film, this thing I So I got the Kodak. Which one was it? I don't remember which one. I went to Bombay and I picked it up. Um, it, it had a lens inbuilt, but okay. you could do the entire all the controls. Yeah. M- uh, full manual. manual. Full manual. Um, and I started shooting my wife at that time. Okay. So documenting that entire process with photography. Wow and that's how I like started liking this mm-hmm. so when the opportunity arose in the this thing because i saw that there were the uh, magazines which were kind of using stock images from google and things like that yep. so i said uh, why don't i supply mm. these s- at least some of these images, yeah. images so i started writing and then supplying the images for that for my for my own stories wow for the newspaper so okay. that's how it started
0: so, it went from photography to now writing about the photograph? No, writing
1: articles. Okay. So, I used to write articles, like features for okay. the newspaper, okay. for, the, for the magazine section. Okay. And then take the photographs needed to support those. Ar- those. Otherwise, uh, the articles, most of them were... Uh, Without Google pictures. or, you know, yeah, or stock. Because okay. uh, it wasn't really, uh, at the time, it wasn't really in place where you had your own photography for mm. magazines. Mm-hmm. So that's how I started. I, s- I, I mean, I got interested in photojournalism, not just photography, so I didn't really enjoy any other thing. Photojournalism was... what Like, I, I couldn't stage anything. Mm. You ask me to stage someone today, I can't. Mm. You know, pose, pose people and stuff, I can't do that. Mm. That's how I started. And uh, then I got a Dempo Fellowship. Okay. So I was with the Nabin Times, but I applied. Uh, I got it luckily and, w- and I, did I did the i did a about. I did a one year uh photo essay a photo documentation of okay. the fishing activities in goa the community as well as the activities okay so for a year i went around shooting going out in the, into these wooden boats out mm. into the sea going under the trawler for mm. like overnight coming back mm. the next morning that kind of stuff did it for a year the festivals and stuff and then uh created this entire photo essay mm-hmm. Um, that really interested me a lot, a lot. Mm. This was in 2006 now. So, almost six years since I started with Nabi. Mm-hmm. Mm. So,
0: what is, a fe- what is a fellowship? Like, do you get a grant? So, they got it a grant, like a okay. grant of a
1: lakh at the time. Okay. Uh, where you could go out and just, uh, so you propose. I mean, every every year, this they don't have it anymore. Unfortunately, actually, Goa needs these type of things. We need uh, a culture where people can, know, get, get some money to go out and do stuff.
0: Mm.
1: Particularly documentation. So at that time, they had this thing, an annual grant, a one lakh grant, where you could go out and uh, you proposed what you wanted to do. Uh, so I proposed this. It was the first time that they acce- accepted like a visual study. It was mm. mainly academics before that. So okay. there were like very renowned people like sai and you know, who, who are... Uh, I mean they're academically bent mm-hmm. so they came out with these books on different topics mm-hmm. but the first one was on c- a cultural heri- heritage of Goa, but mine was the first time it was a photo essay like mm-hmm. a photo documentation not, not, a, not an academic study mm-hmm. uh, and that's also when I met my mentor uh, Alito mm, he's yeah. no longer there now but uh, that's how I got to know him because he became my mentor on that project and he opened my eyes actually because i had this very romantic view of you know we used to come down to goa yeah and uh, see the fishermen on the beach and stuff and say ah this is so beautiful and that's what we 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 still do right yeah Uh, so 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 beautiful oh look at them they're in that casti so nice and all that right Uh then he started asking me but would you want yourself to be there would you want your children to be there Mm. you need to ask these questions it's not all romance there is also a reality. If if the fishing community is moving away from that into say uh, tourism activities, mm. there is a reason for that. Yeah. So this is the way I started uh, asking questions, okay. which I think today it it holds me in very good stead, because when I have if I'm doing my own film or I'm doing a film for someone else, I can ask these questions. Mm. You know, just sometimes we're so naive about these type of things, you know, we, because we take it for granted.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So that's what Alito did for me. He kind of, uh, you know, grounded me as it were. Okay. Uh, and after that, I mean, I mean, I just, I left Navin, uh, mm. but I'm still associated with them till today. Yeah. I you
0: recently d- released
1: The 60 Years. Yeah. yeah. They completed 60 Years. I had done the 50 Years uh, film. I did the 60 year film. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> anyway. Um, but after that did you
0: have to shoot the the 60 year film did you have to shoot it also
1: myself yeah no so yeah actually coming to that uh, I don't shoot I prefer not to Mm. I think see I think filmmaking this is something that I'm I'm kind of advocating now for anyone filmmaking is suppose I think it's a it's a community activity Mm. okay it's not a solo job so you you must have A good team in place and right now I think I'm blessed because I have these long time uh, I mean they were colleagues now they are friends okay Uh, Jude Srinivas Mm -hmm. Um, we used to do weddings together back in 2005 when I started with weddings to Jude joined me in 2007 Mm -hmm. Um, Srini joined me in 2010 Mm -hmm. okay and we've been together all this time. So, but now we we kind of know each other. We know what what uh, the other guy thinks mm-hmm. I- on, on the field. Like I don't have to think too much uh, about what someone else is doing. Not that you know, they have to think about what I haven't. It's kind of very fluid in that sense mm-hmm. So that's 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 a blessing, and I I think that is what we need. We need to build teams. Uh, filmmaking is about teams. It's not about someone trying to do everything mm. himself right. or herself you know it doesn't work that way yeah so and everyone
0: f- specializes in their in exactly their, yeah.
1: exactly like i i think story and uh, edits are my forte but uh, say with with shrinivas with for instance uh, he, he his, his his design sense his visual sense is excellent so he does a great job with uh, framing and stuff like that um now yeah you could say couldn't you do it? Maybe. But I don't think that that, that would do justice to the final product. Mm. You know, when, when each one is doing a particular job on set, uh, that's that's when you would get the best uh, film. Mm. Okay. So
0: after you l- you finished the fellowship, where did you... Did I you left, left, left Navin. I left
1: Navin. Okay. I, left Navin I started uh, with Alito himself. We used to do these workshops in the university... Uh, digital storytelling workshops. Oh, you used to teach? I, yeah. Uh, I mean, the university used to just, I mean, pay, but they didn't know that I was teaching because then there's a whole load of, uh, I don't know. It it was not a formal class. Mm-hmm. This was Alito's students, mm-hmm. only his students. They wanted something. And we used to give these courses to them. Mm-hmm. And then they would get some credits for that. Okay. So th- that's how it was. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really like employed by the university or anything of that sort. Uh, that was nice because we used to also go out into the field and uh, we taught in some schools also at some point. Okay. Uh, digital storytelling. Because okay. at that time it was quite new, right? 2007, seven yeah. eight. like you had these, uh, how do you make a short film with photographs, taking my album, family album, putting it all together, making a story. Hmm. So we taught these techniques of storytelling rather than, and that's that's not the other thing that I think uh, is important. We don't have just uh, monkeys pressing buttons. That's not the idea. Mm. Today, AI can do a lot better. Mm. Uh, but what we really need is storytellers. Like, how do I tell my story?
0: Mm.
1: So that was what digital storytelling was all about, is how do you tell my story? If I can't tell my own story, how do I tell your story? Mm. Interesting. Right, so that's so everybody started with that, a personal story. Mm.
0: Um
1: and then i started working with Euronews okay uh, as proper video journalist
0: wait so how did you transition from a photo journalist to a
1: video journalist it just came naturally i think i don't yeah. know yeah i mean so photographs uh, digital storytelling which was multimedia really taking photographs and audio and stuff putting it together um, then the canon revolution of course with 5d 5d mark 2 i think it was that's the one you bought the, the first, uh, yeah, because that's when that Canon was the only one who did that, right? Okay. T- took DSLRs and made video uh, capabilities, yeah. right? Uh, so we got that, started shooting weddings, mm. okay, uh, with that, and I, I think it was a success at that time, because what we were doing is even when I started with weddings in 2005, the very first one, it was purely reportage. Mm. Not, uh, uh, not staged. Nothing staged.
0: Yeah. So kind of like fly on the wall. Fly on the wall. Yeah. Um, just shoot behind the scenes. Yeah. Quietly, indis- quietly. Ind- nobody ind- knows you're di- there. Indiscreetly. Yeah. Like I mean, discreetly. Sorry. Uh, even yeah. Even the bride
1: and the groom would not know you're you're in the room. So you're shooting, getting ready. You're shooting uh, the father of the bride coming in, and you know that's something that interested me. uh the the whole documentary nature and it was not uh, uh, it was not something done at that time of course though mm. so, because wedding wedding photography back in two thousand and five in India in Goa was staged yep everything was yeah I think it's mostly staged even now <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but they all still call it candid no? yeah they call
0: it candid but it's <laughs> I
1: know. Yeah. I'm no longer there so I will not comment but yeah mm. I liked it because I like to tell stories and particularly this is something that I believe that it it whatever you do today this is something with like it has to be deep mm. if this photographs are only meant for Instagram which unfortunately it is today mm-hmm. wedding photographs I'm saying uh, I'm not interested mm. I and I still. I mean, I just, I've had a father call me st- some couple of months ago. They still remember the photographs that we had taken back then, and they have the album, and they look at it. Okay, that's meaning. So mm. we still always tell our couples that we are not doing this for you. We're doing this for your children. Mm so the, so don't say you know make me look beautiful make me look this and luckily for us none of our brides did that mm. until Instagram came mm. but if <laughs> sorry I, I don't <laughs> That's like a good Instagram one. as you can say yeah but yeah um, it's about truth right because today do, don't you think you want to know what your parents were like oh yeah and s- actually see it mm. okay but if they're all going to be smiling and showing their shoes and stuff like that I mean you know I can't use the word such words but <laughs> you know, WTF, right? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Mm. So, so we got out, but that's also how I got into video. Mm. And because of that experience with shooting weddings with video, documentary work, I landed this uh, gig with Uranus. news and that lasted till the pandemic. Wow. So
0: you you guys were very successful in the wedding industry, uh, Ether Films, right? Yeah, Ether Films, and uh, in fact, people still talk about Ether Films, <laughs> not the younger generation, but the the yeah, older yeah, guys, you know. Yeah. And uh, I don't think there's anyone right now also doing that that purely uh, reportage kind of weddings,
1: because uh, see, to be fair to the people who are doing it today. Uh, it's not what people want. Yes. People do not want... Uh, and this is this is a big... Uh, pet peeve that I have, I think, that people don't want reality anymore. Okay. They want something that is unreal. Mm. Fantasy. Put some filters, put some stuff on. Me. Give me a fantasy. Mm. So... So why would the photographer or why would the wedding team today uh, do that? Right. Even if they could, why would they do it? Mm. There is no market for it.
0: Yep. Yep.
1: How was the? Uh,
0: so your first camera it was a Kodak you said. So it only shot photographs. Uh,
1: no photo. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, photographs. Didn't, shoot it didn't shoot video at video, all. No. Yeah. I wasn't even into video at the
0: time. Yeah. So was there like a? like a uh, difficulty in moving from photo to video or d- did you just no no
1: no because actually uh in fact at navin itself i had proposed um that we do a multimedia edition and at that time we had uh, i think the hv10 10, hv10 10, it's a canon it's like a camcorder mm-hmm. it was this kind of stuff that was used by a lot of solo uh, video journalist mm-hmm. back in the US and UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I proposed, why don't we do this? Mm. And in fact, we were re- we were in the process of setting up and all this stuff, stuff happened. But uh, that's also how I said, yeah, there is a possibility here. But that had limitation. The camera, it's a camcorder and small sensor and stuff like that. But the moment uh, Canon brought in the 5D Mark II, Srini got it first and when I saw it I said ah, that's that's what we need to do and then it wasn't as uh, it was not easy because fr- there are certain things you need to keep in mind when you're a photographer and then you're moving into video mm. it's always such there. as? Uh, see with photography it is a one shot mm. you take a shot and you're done then you look somewhere else with uh, video you need to, that's the that's key you need to s- take a, at least you must Like train your mind to think I need to take a 10 second, 20 second shot.
0: Mm.
1: Like I can't just, uh, when I started, I would just press the button, think my shot is done, then go somewhere else. When it came back, it's like two, three seconds. You can't do anything with it in edits. Mm. Right. So it's a failure. That's the first thing a photographer needs to do. It's like, you don't have to keep moving, you know, keep jumping around station, get your shot. Then you need to think uh, in terms of sequences. So, it's not just like, I'll take one wide shot and be done with it. Mm. No. You you take a wide shot, you take a close-up, you you try a different angle. Then you can uh, uh, piece it together in an edit. Right. Otherwise, you're just taking one shot, two shots, three shots, four shots. The other thing is focal lengths. Mm. You can't take all of them wide. You've yeah. got to take some wide, some close-ups, mm. and then you can get a story going in. So So, you're thinking in sequences... This is where I think my photojournalistic background helped, as mm-hmm. opposed to just photography. Because in photojournalism, you're thinking in terms of uh, essays. Mm-hmm. So images need to work together to tell a story. Mm-hmm. So you are already thinking in terms of a sequence there, mm-hmm. not just a matter of uh, you know the technical stuff, twenty second clips, move, try to get different angles of the same thing before you move to the next, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. Wow, interesting. Yeah.
0: yeah, so it was um, not really the technical aspect of transitioning from photo to video, but it's the the aspect when it came to the edit, you could say, yeah. or the uh, the storytelling ability yeah. is different with photography and videography. Yes,
1: it's similar to photo essays. Okay, in a sense. Yeah, but pure photography, no. Like, because your your, your mind is generally only looking at one shot. You come back with one shot, even if it's a 20 second shot, it's of no use in the post. Yeah. Because it has to work with something else. Mm. Otherwise, you're just putting random. It's a montage. Right.
0: Right. So tell us about uh, Euronews. You said Mm. you got into. What
1: was that and how did you get into that? How did I get into it? I think it was through LinkedIn. Yeah. My LinkedIn profile. Yeah.
0: So you are a LinkedIn Pro since way back. Yeah, <laughs> nice.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think you had. Fa- yeah, you did have Facebook, no Instagram at that time. Okay, Facebook was there. This is this which is year? Two thousand and ten. Okay,
0: so your wedding uh, film career was like five years in the middle.
1: No, no. I, I continued with that. I mean, I think we 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 finished ten uh, a decade. Oh, we finished yeah? a decade in films. I think twelve years in either. Vidhita, yes. I think the last wedding we did was back in 2018. Mm. That was, in fact, uh, quite coincidentally, it was one of the first weddings we had done. Okay. And now the brother of that bride, he was getting married Uh. and he came back. I mean, the the mother came back and said, you know, we want you to shoot it. Great. We shot it. That was the last. Wow. (laughs) It's cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. actually. Yeah, I, like told like I told I told Shani. I told... I mean, this is cool. This yeah. is like... I mean, this was one of the first... Full circle. Full circle. Yeah. Like, literally with, a, with with the client itself. Nice. So, yeah. So, I continued till 2018. And luckily, I mean, after that pandemic struck and then the entire wedding industry was out, but i had already moved on mm. into edits and stuff, so...
0: Yeah. So, what is Euronews and...
1: That was going around India. Brilliant uh, gig, I would say. Oh, yeah? Brilliant because I didn't go to any of uh, five-star hotels or anything of that mm. sort. It was like purely into desolate, rundown slums in Bombay, Mewat district, which is, I think, the poorest district in, not, maybe not in India, but definitely in the north. You come to Gurgaon. Yeah. You see these tall skyscrapers with glass facade and everything. And literally, it's like a, s- a button is pressed, it, you're in Mewat, and then it's a completely different thing. Really? It's utter poverty, people, lack of education, nothing. Nobody's thinking about them.
0: So, you're basically a traveling journalist, uh, f- yeah, documentary like f- filmmaker. for
1: for specific things. Like so On a th- like certain go, subject. Yeah, so there's a school that's doing some interesting work here. There's some uh, NGO that's doing some interesting work there. That kind of stuff. So, uh, Chennai, we went to the outskirts where they were working with uh, uh, bonded laborers in uh, salt pans. It was difficult to shoot that. Um,
0: uh, why, was, was it difficult because of permissions? Yeah, no, I mean, mm.
1: it's it's uh, they're bonded laborers. They're like slaves. How do you shoot? So, yeah. what exactly is a bonded laborer? Uh, someone who, I mean, they, they basically brought on a bond they don't have a life of their own after that. It's like in Dubai, and not to say that all of it works that way, but where, where you have these stories of people having their passports taken yeah, yeah. and then they cannot move out. Mm. That's exactly what happens in a lot of places in India. Really? Yeah. So, you are brought from your village. How does it work? Yeah, you're brought as a migrant laborer. Okay. You you don't have a say in this because you're poor. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. You're brought... Uh, this is a job. People are going to be making money, so this is one. Uh, salt pans is one thing. Uh, there are those uh, brickins. That's mm. that's that's another thing. Mm. Where where, where uh, it it only purely works on bonded laborers. In fact, I had done another one with uh, Sonia Valero. So we went to th- there was a time when we went to uh, UP and Nepal, mm-hmm. um, following the story about uh, kids who were kidnapped and. They ended up as bond laborers in a brick factory in uh, Nepal, and then we had to just uh, follow these their their path as Mm -hmm. they'd already been found. But she was doing the story on how to, uh, I mean, how this whole thing happened and why it happened, Uh, Mm -hmm. and so we went from this rural Uttar Pradesh across the border into uh, Nepal, and we actually landed up at the factory where these boys were kept. (laughs) <laughs> and it's quite quite scary actually yeah. I mean Sonia's really I, I, that's journalism for you okay I'd, I have not seen any journalists like that till late Why, um, what happened so she needed to follow the story she couldn't just be like hearsay you okay. know uh, the NGO tells me this is what happened I will write my story which is what usually happens yeah uh, if the engineer told the, the guy told her that this is where they went and this is how they went this is the route that they took we followed that route we went across the border we spoke to the cops along the way mm-hmm. who were not very happy talking to her mm-hmm. so that kind of stuff you know and then we ended up at the factory where these guys were that guy came to know the, the factory owner came to know somehow that you know she didn't say that this is what we are doing mm-hmm. <laughs> she said something else but she wanted to see what the situation was like inside he came to know at some point he made some phone calls we realized we were out of there like just got out of there Mm. because we knew that this guy was calling this somebody so that kind of stuff so what I'm saying is that this is the kind of stuff that I love doing and Euronews like was really Mm -hmm. instrumental in those type of stories they were not interested in uh, fluff Mm. so and today if i even if i were to do this thing uh, there is no television channel to be honest in india mm. which will take it right they need uh, prime time debates mm. shouting matches that yeah, kind of stuff yeah that's why right?
0: that's why i love uh, i love documentary films yeah because you see things about the world which you wouldn't normally see on popular media yeah. you know even yeah. stalin's film about untouchables yes oh man like yeah. I had no idea the depth of the issue in India, because yeah. like city people, we hardly come across that, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so it was a real eye opener. But okay, coming back to bonded labor, I know what I've never heard of bonded labor. So what do you mean? You th- they're basically kept up these brick factories. Yeah,
1: tell me. Yeah, it's 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 just that. I mean, you you bring these people in. Yeah. You bring these laborers in. They are human beings but you treat them as purely for their work that they are doing Mm -hmm. they are given a certain amount but that's usually at the end of their term Mm -hmm. so for the six months when the factory is running you have uh, they are there they are kept in uh, in Chennai for instance they were kept in these enclosed compounds Mm -hmm. they can't go out nobody comes in Mm. that kind of a situation so they are stuck there for the entire duration of what they were uh, contracted to do seven days a week there's no holi- there's no holiday, nothing mm. of that sort it it's just like you're you're there and I've really seen it I mean this guy had uh, blisters on his uh, you know, really old man blisters on his feet mm-hmm. you know no medicine no no medical help nothing he just had bandages around it and that was it. People you? die. Yeah.
0: And uh, you said these kind of industries purely work on bonded labor. Yes, most of Do you of mean it. that they cannot work with regular labor force? Of course
1: they could, but, but it's it's costlier, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is easy. So there are there are contractors, takidas or whatever they're called, contractors. Mm-hmm. So a contractor will go into a village, promise the world, pick up the best. Bodies that he gets. It's literally to picking up bodies. Mm. Picks up the b- bodies. He's responsible for the factory now. For these guys. Mm-hmm. He goes, he sells them. He gets the a cut mm-hmm. of their earnings. Yeah. He makes certain that they are there. How do you do that? You don't give them the money. You, you, you take away everything basically from them. No contacts, nothing. They are within that uh, industry for the entire duration that the uh, owner needs them mm. after which they're given some amount and sent back Sad. now they don't have an option really so otherwise they wouldn't obviously do it mm. so then they, they come back the next year it's it's like that wow
0: so yeah so Euronews basically uh, told you to f- follow certain stories
1: yeah it was mainly social uh, social uh, education development Base stories, mm.
0: yeah. So you shot and edited?
1: Yes. Okay. I shot, scripted. I mean, it was solo You're journalism. One man solo journalism at that yeah. time, yeah. Ah. Solo, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean that's exciting.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean it was exciting. It, I mean, even going to the hotels and s- alone. Yeah. And after seeing things like this in the field that mm. night, uh, yeah, it was. So, I, uh, for what? How? What were the durations you were away from home? Uh, three four days. Okay, not yeah. very long. No, no, no. Oh, okay, they were single. Uh, they were short, like three three minute stories. I would say. Oh, really? Three to five minutes max. That's wow, that's such short ones. Yeah, right? short ones.
0: And are they still uh, still available online?
1: On the ne- on the Euro News plus on my website. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I gotta check these out.
0: <laughs> so, uh, when it comes to inspirations, you know, especially now that you're majorly into documentary filmmaking and editing. Yeah were the inspirations like what inspired you to become a film documentary film editor
1: what what inspired me like people what who yeah I don't know I just found that to be my cause see I was doing documentary for Euronews right they were short pieces but they were still documentary and from all of the things that I was doing like scripting it directing it shooting it editing it i found that um the edit the post was where i was like really myself Mm. for one thing is like now i've come back with all of these stuff although i had gone planned like with some ideas in mind Mm. but when you come back you're, you're, you're kind of trying to find these things which is what i said earlier um, that that's something that really resonated. Mm-hmm. So I said, yeah, this is what I want to do. And then I was reading a lot about what how Walter Merck works and his yes. entire thing, uh, Particle uh, Particle f- Fever, mm-hmm. the film that he's done, uh, documentary film. I just I just looked at all of these things and I said, yeah, this is what I want to do. Mm. Yeah. So that's what. Yeah, editing is a
0: brilliant field. Especially if you do something meaningful, like I, I really find a lot of meaning in yeah. documentary filmmaking. You know, as opposed to doing like uh, weddings or, I mean, weddings also are, are yeah, important. See, but documentary films telling stories, it's amazing. It's very powerful.
1: True, a powerful. See, I, I, I am not going to, I'm not going to say that uh, weddings. I, I mean, there's no, I don't, I don't put it down. When I was doing it. I had a certain idea in mind that I'm going to be doing a documentary. Mm. Even when it comes to weddings, it's a documentary. So interview people, talk to the parents, talk to somebody else and get things done that way. So this Mm -hmm. was now back in what, 2010 when Shani and I was working together. That time it was never being done. It was just purely Mm. one long film. But that's what was interesting to me, because then I realized people, when they saw the thing, they, I mean, a uh, lot of them said that, uh, I mean, this really brought tears. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think, I don't know whether it was Jude or Srini, they said that you'd go into a room, interview the father, come out, father is crying. you go into the bride's room, <laughs> interview her, bride is crying when you come out. <laughs> so you you had the ability to get those emotions
1: out. Yeah, Asking yeah, the right yeah. questions. It's it's purely because of the documentary background again, <laughs> like, yeah. and I like people. Yeah, I like people. I mean, I like their stories. Yeah, you like the stories. I, I don't like people. I can't go to a party. <laughs> I will I will run away okay. in two minutes. But I like people in the sense I like to under, hear stories. Mm. And they say I'm a good listener. At least my wife says it so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can listen. Mm. I don't like to like. So once you start talking, it's Hmm. Like this is the opposite right now. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So along your journey, what are the, some of the hurdles you faced? Uh, because many creatives, I think uh, this is a very challenging field because you are, uh, you are not employed full time. Um, you are making your own avenues. You know, mm-hmm. um, you're expo- exploring your creativity and relying on others to pay you for your skills. your skill set. Um, what are some of the hurdles you face
1: that you know people could learn from? Don't be a one-trick pony, is what I would say. That's the first thing. Particularly someone who's starting out, you can't be a one-trick pony here. <coughs> so you have to. Uh, you have to know different skills. You have to be able to die. Yeah, it's it's like this book. Who oh, move my cheese? Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I would say. Like I know, and I feel sorry sometimes, but. I know photographers, for instance, who are, they say, I don't know anything else. So that's why they are doing weddings. Mm. You know, but you cannot do that today. Mm. So what I did was I saw opportunities and I jumped. I was not afraid to invest. In fact, when I left Navin, my daughter was two years old. Mm -hmm. Not many fathers would leave. Because there's no other breadwinner right. as such yeah. at that time in in the family. Uh, my parents were old. Mm-hmm. So, I left. Uh, because I saw an opportunity in multimedia. Mm-hmm. And I realized it, it wouldn't happen here. So, I need to now move in order to develop this further. Mm-hmm. And it was a great thing I did at that time. Because, I mean, till today, as you know, Navin... All these, I, I, I that's 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 the other thing. I, I like to keep these relationships, so that's another, even you say challenge, that's one of the uh, things that will hold you in good stead. Keep your clients, mm. so I don't just you know, throw my clients. I mean, you know, Matthew is like I don't yeah. call them f- clients anymore. I mean, to call Matthew a client is like sacrilegious. I would, he's a friend, he's a very good friend, okay. Mm. Same thing with Navin, very good friends today. I am still uh, mm. working there. Mm. Um, whoever it is, I mean, there were so many in in uh, Nalini. I've been working with her now. This is her third film that I'm working with. Wow. Uh, we're gonna be doing another one mm-hmm. later this year. Uh, and that's the beauty of these this these kind of relationships. Mm. You've got to maintain your relationships. That's that's key if you want to survive in the mm. gig world. And be very, very open to learning. Mm. So from shooting to, to uh, editing, color grading, I'm done it all. Yeah, yeah. So
0: recently you've gotten into color grading, right? I mean, yes. not too long ago. Yes, not too long about ago. the whole
1: console. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah th- that's the thing. I, I, I said no. This is something that I want. Like, I mean, I. This is a service that I can add mm. to. See, I, I don't take color grading as a uh, just you know in a, in a in a silo mm. so i'm I'm also editing for these clients but now mm. I'm giving them another ah, uh, okay. so service it, you don't only color grade no, I, I do oh, you th- you once okay. in once a while. I mean it's I, that's not something that i'm I'm pushing ah, okay. I don't push for that no. I, I did I got the I got the entire system in place because I said, okay, this is a service that I can offer my clients mm. and it's brilliant because now they can get that done here. Yeah, in Goa, as opposed to going to Bombay and wherever else. Uh-huh. I mean, the previous edit uh, document is the the one with Vince. Even the first couple of the uh, the first film that we did with Nalini and me, uh, all the edit the color grading color grading was done outside. Mm. Now I can do it here. It's mm. it's convenient for the for, for yeah. the. F- so you're thinking also from that perspective. No, so this is also. The, I mean, besides a personality thing, it's also like the convenience. That's why. A client comes back,
0: hmm.
1: so this this is. I mean, if you have challenges, I feel this is where you start.
0: Yeah. And I want to thank you for. Uh, so before we were okay. shooting on a DVX two hundred, <laughs> which is a Panasonic and a GH five. Now both of them have the same micro four third sensor, ah. but slightly different color side. So thanks for helping us to create that LUT. Remember, I sent <laughs> you that. <Yeah. laughs> so, but now we move to two GH five, so we don't need perfect. Uh, we don't need to color grade it. But uh, lovely. So now we're going in for a short break and we'll be back with the tandoor round. <laughs> restaurant owners, pay attention. If you are into the F&B space, then you know how important quality images are for your social media requirements. Having eye-watering images for your dishes will either make or break your restaurant business. We at Winfluence Media have tied up with India's leading Image Solutions Company to bring you high quality food photography solutions with flexible packages for all the restaurant owners in India. With a presence in more than 70 cities of India. If you want high quality food photography, email us at videoproductiongoa at gmail.com or WhatsApp us on 7083-401-793 today to get to know your packages. Did you know that 70% of companies are investing in content marketing for their business today? So what are you waiting for? If you want your food to start flying off the shelves, then email us at videoproductiongoa at gmail.com today. Winfluence Media, Media That Wins. All right, so we're back and it's time for the tandoor round. Okay, so the tandoor round is a rapid fire question. Do round. I get beer with the tandoor? <laughs> and then you get tea. <laughs> So, Uraak maybe. Iraq maybe. Yeah, it's time for Uraq, now this season. Yeah. So it's a rapid fire question where the questions get hotter and hotter. Okay, and we we do this to really get to know the personality of the of the guest. So the first question is, uh, what's your favorite dish?
1: Tandoor. <laughs> Tandoor. Yeah. No, steak.
0: Steak. Yeah. How do you like it? Medium rare. Excellent choice. <laughs> Your musical genre, what type of music do you listen to? Country. Country? Oh, interesting. What is a a business book that you would recommend to people? I mean, we are creatives, but at the same time, we have to be a little business savvy. So, uh, would you recommend any business book? I know I've come to your house, you have a lot of books. Business for what? Just a general business book or business acumen or...
1: Uh, something to I've not really read too much of that. I, I mean who moved my cheese is one of the best business books if you're oh, really me. Yeah. Wow because it really tells you exactly what a business needs to do right mm. K- Keep finding the opportunities and moving forward otherwise your cheese is gone and you're gone. Wow, so I never
0: expected that. Yeah. that yeah I mean you would not think of that book as a business book, you know what I mean That's I mean, exactly it's what a, a business needs to do yeah
1: and particularly today, I mean you have such short cycles Instagram oh yeah s- story cycle it's like it's gone mm. right so what what's going to happen tomorrow has anyone asked when Instagram goes and it's going to fold at some point right mm. yeah people are building entire businesses only on that one thing
0: right interesting okay next question what is a self-development book
1: that you would recommend Self-development book. I mean, I've read so many. What's one that comes to mind? Hmm. You know, bef- I mean, th- there are books, of course. Uh, you're talking business?
0: No, general self-development. Uh, this
1: does not have to do with the business. book. The book? The book. <laughs> oh, I've
0: never heard of this.
1: What's the this? The book. Uh, just... just uh, Google it. Okay. It's, um, uh, it's such a generic name Watt. that if I, if Alan I, Watts. Alan Watts. Yeah. Uh, okay. It's a book on finding meaning, I would say. Like, your place in this entire. Like the who are you question. The who are you question. Exactly. In fact, it is the who are you question. Yeah. It is, I mean, the reason, I, I don't want to spoil everything. I mean, it's a, f- uh, it's a book on philosophy. I mean, obviously, Alan Watts, that's what he was. Uh, a Zen, mar- a Zen uh, propon- exponent. Exponent? Proponent? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, proponent. Took from from the East and gave it to the West. Mm. So, it's written in a very easy to understand because that's what the West wants, right? Otherwise, it's very esoteric in yeah. the East.
0: It's the book the on book? the taboo yeah. against knowing who yes. you are.
1: Yes, yes.
0: So basically, it tells you not to define yourself in one thing. Is yeah. that I what mean, they're trying to say? You know
1: what Zen is, right? I mean, it's kind a non-dual, like a non... Uh, we are born and brought up in a, in, a, in a society which is dualistic. And today it's like, it's become like... Uh, when like, you, when like, you say dualistic, what do you mean? I mean, look at what's happening today. Uh, it, 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 it makes me nauseous right with regards to polarized nature of society you're either on this or that left or right okay okay and unfortunately India is leaning too much to the the right I think now Mm. of course it's not a political program so let's not get there but that's that's the dualistic nature Mm -hmm. there is a a middle ground Mm -hmm. and that's what uh, you need to find Mm. because otherwise we're just simply you know that's an outsider we are Goans, that's a, a foreigner we're pakistani we are indians that's somebody mm. at the end of the day who are you
0: mm. interesting
1: i started this journey actually in 2014 when i went to himachal okay for a long trip like i think 3 weeks yeah that's when i started looking at uh, in buddhism first but then really zen Mm. and uh, then I came across this book. I would recommend, I mean, I've given this literally to people. Yeah. Like, take this copy and then I bought another one for myself. Mm. But now I'm not doing that because I, uh, I've marked it. Uh But I can buy you a copy if that is Mm. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's quite, quite interesting because half of the stuff that we are told, Uh whether it's nationalism, religion, whole load of things. Yeah. It's, it's a pure construct. It doesn't really exist.
0: Yeah.
1: Then who are yeah. you at yeah. the end of the day? Hmm. So if that's the book I recommend for growth, yeah.
0: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned Zen. I was speaking with uh, Rahul Dukuna the other day. <laughs> and he, he was telling me, yeah, sometimes we call uh, Gasper Yoda. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Gaspar like, he's like, Gaspers he's not reactive, you know. He really thinks before he speaks. We call him Yoda.
1: <laughs> so lovely. I'm glad that but it you... it comes from here. Yeah? The last, uh, I think, yeah, my app will tell you. I have... Uh, tried this practice. I mean, all your uh, viewers, I think, should... Not should. Mm-hmm. If they want to. Uh, this meditation, Zen medit- Zazen. Mm-hmm. It's meditation on the breath. Okay. Which you do for however long you can hold it okay take the thoughts out of your head how does it work so you just sit in a normal place Zazen is a little bit more strict that you sit with your back straight uh, hands folded that mm. kind of thing but you could even be sitting in a bus for that matter mm-hmm. uh, once you've got the use uh, this thing focus only on the breath and mm. the, the rising and the falling of your abdomen mm. just that your eyes may be closed open You you, you take a call any thought that comes, mm. send it away. So, you're, you bring yourself back to the breath. Mm. Challenge you to start doing it and you will see within a, within a few seconds mm-hmm. you will be somewhere else. Really? And you will forget your breath. You will then re-
0: when you are somewhere else, aren't you thinking of something You are thinking. Else?
1: Yeah, That's what. Thoughts. Yeah, Thoughts. but then you just said if you get a thought, throw it away. Correct. You wouldn't do that. You, you tend to, What we tend to do, that's, that's the entire duration of our lives and our living uh, life itself, mm-hmm. the day and the life, is you're following your thoughts. Mm. We're always living in our thoughts, which is either in the past, mm. about what someone did to us, or in the future, what, we, what somebody is going to do, some fear, anticipation, or whatever, right? Mm. So, the vacation I'm going to take next month of playing on my mind and I'm always thinking about that vacation comes vacation goes then I'm what I'm thinking about. oh that was such a nice beautiful thing you're never in the present moment hmm. so this Zen meditation so the meditation you? is basically where you're talking about uh, like why why the breath because that's the closest thing You, you wherever you go you have your breath right yep. well, if you don't have your breath you're dead so hmm. that's why the breath it could be anything obviously hmm. but the breath is because it's something that doesn't need anything else. Mm. But you're not thinking about. It. You're not saying like, "Oh, this is like I'm breathing heavily. I'm breathing lightly." That's again a thought. Mm. You're just saying breath.
0: Okay. Okay. Now you
1: do this thing over a period of time. I'm guaranteeing you, you will be pretty balanced in life.
0: Mm. I need to try this.
1: I was doing this Hawaiian meditation.
0: I think yeah. it's something similar. Mm. Yeah. But uh, I'll try this. Yeah. I think this can be added to the Hawaiian meditation. Well, anyway,
1: next question. It helps with editing, by the way. Oh, yeah? Yeah, totally. I mean, you're always in the present moment. Then, what does an editor need? Every time you're looking at a cut, you mm. need to look at it fresh. Mm. Okay. You you cannot think that, oh, I've already seen this thing. I know what's going to happen next. Mm. Because then you may lo- miss something. Yep. So every time you're looking at the cut, you, you need to think about it fresh. Mm. Fresh mind. So you're in the moment. Yeah. This moment. Not the last time you watched it, not what's going to happen next.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Wow. (laughs) Well, okay, next question. What are the type of people you like to be around?
1: Like-minded, I would say. Yeah. But people who would challenge me also. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't need to be around people who are always going to say yes to you. Mm -hmm. But, uh, Like minded in the sense, I don't like uh, someone who's too antagonistic or things like that. Mm. But you challenge me, and then I'm happy with that. All right. Um,
0: Can you recall a time someone said something that hurt you?
1: (laughs) Not really. Again, it comes down to the the mindset. Hmm. It's balance. I don't think anyone's there to hurt me. So even in the past. Or you don't like to think it's, about it. No, it's not that I don't like to think about it. It's 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 been f- it's been several maybe like uh, like I said 2014. Hmm. 14 15. It's it's too long to be holding on to it, no. Hmm. What's the point?
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: It's not going to take you anywhere. That's true. Right. Absolutely. Why should you hold? Yeah, absolutely. Um, What are the type of people you
0: don't like to be around? Gossip mongers. Gossip mongers. Why is that?
1: What's the reasoning behind it? Isn't it? I mean, you you have these things, right? The, the, the I don't want to say, classify the mind, but the lowest is type of conversation is about people mm. then it's about events and then it's about ideas mm.
0: so there's a hierarchy yeah so when Think people about
1: talk about people so when people talk about people that's the lowest level okay that's not a place where I like to be mm. people talk about events and things happen oh we went there did that fine that's that's middle ground mm. and then you talk about ideas mm. philosophy politics, whatever it may be. Not not people. That's the highest ground.
0: Wow. Interesting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. What is now the last question? All right. What is one thing people don't like about you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Shouldn't you ask someone who knows me? What is it they don't like about me? Good question. Not my wife, of course. (laughs) Whoever. She doesn't like a lot.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a general case with everyone.
1: (laughs) I really don't know. No? I don't know. Hmm. I mean, see, here's the thing. There are very few people that I am close to. Okay. Like my friends, my family, you Uh know, very few people who I'm close to. I don't think that they have anything to not like about me mm. they would have told me mm. okay jokes aside they would have told me anyone else I get to hoots mm. what I wear how I behave what I say I, do, I mean if you don't like it you don't like it that's cool cool nice how did you like the tandoor round
0: <laughs> still the beer would be good <laughs> I like beer a lot huh? oh yeah <laughs> lovely should stop it of course <laughs> but I mean it doesn't look like you drink uh, beer I mean the the, the, the typical look of a, someone who loves beer is like a beer belly which you don't have so that's a good thing <laughs> alright so let's get back mm. to the interview now we, we I know the pandemic is over but we are still uh Suffering with the after effects, right? Uh, I know you said obviously weddings stopped during the pandemic. Uh, uh, this Euro, this Euro thing also stopped. Euro news thing also
1: stopped. stopped so because of the pandemic, but yeah, 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 that was because of Qatar and all the other financial crisis. Okay,
0: so how did the uh, the pandemic affect you, your business, your life, your like? W- did you have to pivot? Like,
1: tell us what effect did it have on you? Positive. Yeah? I mean, I know people died, but... And I lost close friends. Mm -hmm. My wife's cousin died. So, it was quite stressful. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if you know Santiago. No. So, he was uh, the director of the Choir University Choir. Mm, And we were working together for the Ketivan Music Festival, Mm -hmm. where I was doing the entire post-production, closely. And then it... Uh, launched. I mean, we released it online that di- that year because it was twenty one. The second wave mm-hmm. released it online, and the next week he got COVID, and less than a month later he died. So it has affected in that sense because after that I was quite devastated for almost a year. I would think. Really?
0: Yeah. I know your uh, when your mentor passed away. Also,
1: you yes, were that was in two thousand and nineteen. Yeah. Before the pandemic. Yeah. That also quite uh, affected yes, you yeah yeah i mean these were li- i mean of course alito that's because that uh, I- is on another level because i didn't expect that to happen and like if i am working on a story today i would tell him so it was that and and i know that he he had insights to offer mm. so in that sense gone too soon i would say but uh, it's life mm you can't really yep. yep what really helped me during those days was the the, the, the meditation because okay. my mother died the year before I think then he died and then Santiago died this is like uh, I think anyone would have been in a like you know a different state but I th- the meditation balanced me mm but in a good way i would say the if your your question was what is the effect on the, of the pandemic it, i think besides that where we've all lost people uh i think it was good for me mm-hmm. because it helped me introspect we had so much of free time and it made me think as to what is it that we really need mm. it it really opened my eyes that there were so many things that we don't really need and we were holding on to it. Mm. Right? And then the pandemic suddenly took it away, lockdowns and all this it took it away. And then we still managed to go on living. Mm. Yeah. So in that sense like just in in like thinking about it philosophically, uh it was good. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, what about business? I mean, were you still getting work? Were you still editing? Or
1: Thankfully, yes. Uh, not the first year. First year of the pandemic, I think everybody, I mean, all production had stopped, right? Mm-hmm. So, the first big lockdown, Modi's grand plans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was bad. The second year was okay. I mean, things happened like the KD1 festival and then there was a couple of other projects that came in. Mm-hmm. And so, And since I was editing, I didn't have to travel. So, the yeah. travel bans didn't affect me. Mm-hmm. Things were coming. And then we, we. this is where I'm saying you grab opportunities. I started looking at the remote work mm. and the remote workflow, you know. And today it's so simple. So, so I mean, uh, people like uh, Frame.io uh, they, they're making it so simple to collaborate with people. Mm. So you don't have to be sitting in the same room anymore. Yeah. Or the same Do you city. use
0: Frame.io a lot? Uh, completely.
1: Wow. Now my business is only running on that. Like, uh, because most of my clients are not living in goa mm. so they may be living in bombay or living outside of goa mm-hmm. like, uh, how do how do you how do you, how do you uh, connect with them and say okay yeah this is what i mean it's through Frameio. nice
0: and uh, as far as i know fmeio works with
1: premiere does it no, work with no 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 sure. So it works with davinci as well <laughs> Uh, Adobe bought uh, Frame.io but Frame.io was an independent thing in fact uh, Resolve was uh, better with uh, Frame.io oh really Uh, that's the original uh, Mm. connect Mm. but it still continues today
0: wow
1: you can still uh, export directly from Resolve or Premiere it doesn't matter
0: nice because now Frame.io is like integrated into Premiere yes
1: but it's uh, it's also integrated into Resolve yeah Yeah. from the export of Resolve to d- to deliver page. Yeah. You can directly send into uh Frameio and any comments will come as comments in your timeline. Nice. That's yeah. I really liked Frameio. Yeah. In fact, uh, I was thinking of getting a subscription, but well, then Adobe bought it bought over it, now. Yeah. It's like free yeah. for yeah. us yeah. for a certain
0: limited number yeah. of But it's projects. it's good enough. Yeah. It's, good enough. it's amazing. But unfortunately I don't I wanna work on more projects where there are you know, like Documentary films where the client mm. is away. And no,
1: any kind of projects. I, I mean, recently I did something which was a, like a firefighting for somebody, two-day work. And how how do you collaborate with them because they were not here? Mm. Uh, commercial stuff. Mm. So, frame I was the only way to get to get it done. Lovely, lovely. So you've gotten a lot more remote work after the pandemic. Yeah. 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 Nice. I mean, people are I think more open to that now. Yeah. They don't want that. I need to sit down and. With the editor Of course I never like that. So and most people don't do that, but now people are more open to using these tools. Amazing.
0: Okay. What what would you say are your keys to success and you know getting more work? Or what tips would you give to younger people? <coughs>
1: I think, yeah, social media to an extent is a good thing, but I don't think it's something that you need to be spending so much time on, which is what we are doing today. Mm. I feel if you are in downtime, try to go back to some personal projects. Spend more time on that mm-hmm. because it's those personal projects which will give you the next client yeah. as opposed to purely just putting, I mean, the fluff on, on social media is so much today. Um, it, it, it's it's mind-boggling. Mm. I would hi- highly recommend reading Deep Work. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cal Newport. Yeah, excellent. That's exactly what I think people need to focus on. So even if you have downtime, I would say do small projects of your own, mm. and then put them on social media. Use it as a tool, mm. not as an end game. Excellent. So uh, that's that's one way I would think you can continue to get your clients mm. once you have them keep them like mm. don't let them go yeah. so that's uh, so relationships is the next thing mm. it's a big thing
0: yeah very important so any future plans are you any, uh, any any business
1: opportunities you see coming up what are you what are you planning so I've started this studio of mine, White Brick Post. I call it uh, purely for post production. Mm. Uh, future plans? I am really looking at now doing studio work, like studio studio work. productions. Like meaning, okay. uh, where, where I'm not waiting for somebody to come in and uh, say, "Okay, here's a project, can you edit it?" Or ah, okay. which is okay, which is great when yeah, when a meaningful project comes, that's great. But also, I want to s- now self-initiate certain like documentary films and stuff from the studio. Wow! Yeah, and and start putting those out. That's very that's a very interesting field because
0: you come up with an idea like yeah. this would be a great documentary film, but then I think you have to you have to pitch it to get funding, right? I don't know how it works. So, in
1: short, could you tell us how it works? So, yes, you you do have to pitch it to get funding. Hmm. But uh, you can also, I- if you really believe in a project, I think you can also do just go out there and start doing it. Mm. And once it's done, then pitch it. Okay. So, there are festivals where you can pitch a finished film. So, you're saying self-funded? You Yeah, you self-fund. This is one way of doing it, obviously. Mm. The other way of doing it is if you can just find some good uh, uh, patrons. Mm. You know, people who wi- who who believe in your work, but for that you have to first do. Yeah, so they believe in your work and then they fund you. I'm hmm. I mean, uh, to be honest, it it's kind of a mystery how this works to me. Uh, it, it is always a mystery because it's 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 too complicated. And funding is 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 way too complicated, more than it really needs to be. Actually, hmm. um, I don't know. It's. Because see Netflix and stuff like that, uh, you you and I cannot directly approach Netflix. Yep. Right. You need to go through certain agents. Mm. Uh, there's no there's no mention of them anywhere. Mm. So you really have to be in the field, mm-hmm. and through some contacts of contacts of contacts, get there, mm. and then hopefully Netflix yeah. will take it. So what's the alternative? Is I think to do your own stuff, like look at. Uh, all That Breeds. All That Breeds? The the film that went uh, to the Oscars this year. Okay. Uh, one of the two films. So, that was the documentary film. And the other one was Elephant Whisperers, which was yeah. a shot. Uh, they won. Mm. But I think uh, All That Breeds was even better. Mm. Uh, and now it's on Hotstar. This is such a simple story. If you look at it. All That Breeds, I got to check yeah. this out. It's about uh, this Delhi... Uh, two brothers and a friend uh, they were saving uh, birds these mm. uh, uh, birds of prey mm-hmm. uh, particularly during kite festival time mm-hmm. a lot of them uh, get yeah maimed and stuff mm-hmm. like that Wings are broken so uh, it's about these guys who are taking care of these these birds mm. simple story and it's a documentary film documentary film yeah it was yeah. in the long docks like feature land feature land docks yeah so So how do you think that worked were they were they self-funded and any idea i don't know in fact it's a good question because i know the cinematographer on that oh you do sumo sahi yeah he was in i don't know uh, he used to be in uh danapal he used to stay okay he i knew him through alito again good friend of alito so that's how i knew him he's one of the cinematographers on that uh but they went to festivals and they just started winning awards at festivals of -hmm. course it takes money and stuff to do that. But as a result of which, it got them into the Oscars, and as a result of which, uh, Hotstar has picked it up, and now it's on Hotstar. Wow! So I'm the, the what I'm trying to say is that we need to put our stuff out there. Yep. And if it is meaningful work, if it is deep work, it will get picked up. Mm. That's the, that's what I would say.
0: Wow! Wow! Yeah, that's really interesting. Actually, uh, I'd love to. St- more about that because from what I know uh, there's not a lot of money in documentary films in India but in the west there is hopefully like it will change after yeah. these
1: two do- Oscars that we are talking about yeah maybe god willing
0: because yeah. uh, documentary films are beautiful so that is a passion pro- do you have any like side projects or passion projects like I know uh, you had an experiment with sewing like stitching but currently wine do you, drawing wine I
1: wine. Okay. made wines oh yeah yeah Oh. And I've even sold some, <laughs> without excise, of course. <laughs> yeah, but
0: nice, yeah. interesting.
1: quite interesting, yeah. but again, it's a slow kind of process, and I, I guess that's what gels with me. I, I suppose. Yeah. It's so slow, right? Mm. I mean, it, you can't hurry the wine out mm. just by putting more yeast or something like that. So yeah. nothing happens. Watching it and stirring it every day and mm. finally after uh, six months, eight months, a year, yeah. tasting it and it's and people say it's not lovely. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I made wine once, my grandmother gave me the recipe. Mm. But are your wines like sweet wines, no, like uh, no. like the port wine, like a no. dessert wine or like the traditional wine? Dry. Dry. Uh. Dry. Ah, I've never tried
1: that. I like dry yeah yeah. I mean you can do it either way right but I like dry so which is why I keep it dry
0: nice wow very interesting so great <laughs> this interview has been very meaningful thank you for that hopefully um, if people want to get in touch with you uh, social media or whatever how can uh, where would you like them to go
1: my website my website casperdissouza.com casperdissouza d-e-s-o-u-z-a
0: excellent alright do you have any parting message for the audience? Anything you'd like to share?
1: I think for all of us, two two things. One is believing in ourselves. That's that, that's so key. Mm-hmm. Never being afraid to learn something new. Mm. This is something that will always take us forward. I think mm-hmm. you know, because the moment you stop learning, you stagnate, and you're dead. Mm so I would, that, that's, that's one of the first things that I would say but before that is being balanced and that is so important today mm. you know finding that balance and that meaning where we don't get polarized and just running behind people wow lovely yeah. lovely
0: so thank you so much Gaspar it's been a pleasure having my you my pleasure yeah it's. so that was a another episode of the Creative Genesis podcast Please subscribe and share this episode so that more people can find the incredible stories behind people like Gasper. Thank you very much. You're doing a good job, so many people should subscribe. Thank you. (laughs) Well, that was the 6th AD episode of the Creative Genesis podcast. What did you think about it? We would love to see your comments in the comment section of YouTube. And please subscribe to this channel so that more people get to see this brilliant content. This podcast is also available on various podcasting platforms, so instead of watching, you can listen to it. Also, do rate on Apple Podcasts so that more people get to know about these brilliant speakers on the episodes. Thanks for tuning in and see you next time.